The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. How are you now? How are you now? I said after the last episode, you know, maybe I should stop asking that question uh, at the beginning of these podcasts because things have been going so horribly for the Montreal Canadiens. However, however, it's a pretty apt question right now. How are you? Are you feeling better now that your Montreal Canadiens have won a game? They've won a game, and not only did they win a game, they, they won 6-1 to one over the Detroit Red Wings, bringing their record to 1-5 and five on the season, uh, finally breaking through, outscoring themselves by two goals, literally two more goals than they've scored in the previous five games put together. Uh, hopefully that's not all of the offense that they have uh, you know, for the rest of the month, because uh, they do have some more games remaining, but uh, fantastic fantastic game hello and welcome to episode six for this season of the bottom six minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes and the Prize I am Matt Drake and that was uh, about the best possible game that you could ask for from this team so what happened it was pretty good game started out great right it started out great they were uh, actually generating some pressure Uh, they took control of the game pretty much right out of the gate Uh, looking great looking fantastic of course though you know we had a, a, a pretty significant setback rather early on Ben Sherratt takes an absolutely terrible tripping penalty and uh, Dylan Larkin seconds into that power play he snipes from the faceoff circle and it's one nothing for Detroit we're feeling like you know obviously of course of course this is what's going to happen right great start uh, again they're looking fantastic and somehow of course they're down one nothing in short order however they immediately got back to work. Uh, and guess who? Ben Sherratt gets back the goal that he gave to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, Habs had a failed power play. But after that power play, uh, the Red Wings ice the puck. And then they've got the wrong personnel on the ice. You know that happens. Uh, you, you don't want to ice the puck at the end of a power play. Uh, or at the end of killing a power play, rather. Because you end up with the wrong people on the ice. And that's what happened. And the Habs started putting on a bunch of pressure. And a beautiful absolutely beautiful cross-ice pass from Jonathan Drouin over to Ben Chirot and he pounds it in 1-1 we're back in this thing uh we're we're, we're gonna try to you know build on that uh excellent start to the period at the very least and they do they absolutely do later on in the period Habs get a power play pretty late in the first uh, Mike Hoffman playing at the point. He walks down just above the top of the circles fires an absolute rocket an absolute rocket to beat Thomas Grice, and it's two to one for the Montreal Canadiens. That is how the first period would end. Uh, pretty nice for them to have a lead for the first time since the very first game of the season against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, very nice to see them actually having a lead, especially at the end of a period. 
And the Habs come out flying in the second period, just flying. Uh, they're generating a lot of chances. I mean, the, the zone entries, fantastic. They're legitimately putting pressure on the Red Wings in a way that they have not done to any other team this season. Uh, and they break through. Christian Dvorak, he gets in. They, they've got a four-on-two going on. Christian Dvorak tries to make a cross-ice pass, uh, which probably would have been a high-percentage scoring chance, but it bounces in. Bounces directly into the net off the skate of Mark Stahl, the defenseman for the Detroit Red Wings, and it's 3-1 to one for the Montreal Canadiens. Later on that period, Mathieu Perrault, original de Drummondville, as TVA will remind you many, many times if you watch their broadcasts. He... Walks in, fires one from the face-off circle of his own, 4-1 to one for the Montreal Canadiens. And then, Mathieu Perrault, he's not done. Side of the net, Cole Caulfield gets a shot block. Tyler Toffoli taps it over to Mathieu Perrault, and it's 5-1 to one for the Montreal Canadiens. That is how the second period would end, 5-1. to one. So in two periods, the Montreal Canadiens had scored more goals than they had scored in the previous five games. Wild. The offense finally generating something for them and of course that was pretty much how the game would end uh the third period the Habs kind of sat back a little bit they were kind of content to just hold on to that 5-1 lead which you know at the very least it's not like they were sitting on uh you know a 2-1 lead right uh, everybody hates seeing their team sit on a, on a tenuous lead like 2-1 or 2-0 or you know anything in a one or two goal range you absolutely don't want to sit on it but a 5-1 lead pretty safe to sit on uh, and they would get an insurance marker anyways. Mathieu Perrault, originaire de Drummondville, gets the hat-trick. Uh, the, not, not just a hat-trick either, a natural hat-trick, scoring an empty netter. One, two, three. Three direct goals, none in between. Natural hat-trick for the Quebecois player, uh, you know, breaking through for the first time uh, in the Bell Centre. Uh, giving the Bell Centre fans something to cheer about, which they have not really had this season whatsoever. Uh, up until this point so huge night for him super happy for him super happy for the Montreal Canadiens super happy for everybody who paid money to be in that building and finally uh, got to see this team flex their muscles offensively a little bit so there's a lot to talk about and uh, you know let's start with me maybe uh, addressing uh, my previous two episodes in which I had some strong words Uh, let's Let's say I had some strong words. I had opined uh, on two separate occasions that, you know, the Montreal Canadiens should probably be firing somebody for this, uh, that horrendous start. And uh, listen, so far, I still stand by that. I honestly do, right? I don't think uh, everybody should be walking through this unscathed because they had one really good game. Uh, So I don't uh, apologize or retract anything I said in those previous two episodes yet. Uh, they got a whole lot of winning to do. They, they put together five or six straight games like that, and I might retract what I said. But until then, I won't. And even then, I might not. Who knows? We'll see. I, I'd, I'd love to see more of this from the team, though, because um, let's, let's talk about the game. Let's f- forget you know, focusing on me and what I said in previous episodes. This was an amazing game from them. Honestly, everything was better. The breakouts, I think, are still a bit of a problem. All right, let's start with that. They're still looking a little bit too often for stretch passes and and flipping it up in the air. But I'll say this. This team clearly put a focus on disrupting things in the neutral zone. They were creating a lot of turnovers in the neutral zone and then capitalizing on those turnovers. And 
from those turnovers, they're generating excellent zone entries. They're not dumping the puck into the quiet zone in the corner and trying to chase it down. They're making short passes. They have puck support. Uh, everything is going well for them in terms of how they're getting into the zone, and they're creating opportunities from there. Uh, they weren't over-relying on point shots as they have been in the past. They were getting shots from the top of the circles. They were getting shots from the slot. Um, they, they were using point shots a little bit, maybe a little bit more than I'd like, but but overall, you know, they were actually making an effort to get to the middle of the ice and, and actually take some dangerous shots. They did miss the net a lot in that game. Uh, we were talking about it in the EOTP chat, and I think in the second period when it was 5-1, to one, it, it could have been like 9-1 to one if they were hitting the net with some of those other chances. Uh, Toffoli missed the net quite a few times. I think Armia missed the net a few times. Cole Caulfield missed the net a few times. Nick Suzuki missed the net once or twice. Uh, th- th- there was quite a few opportunities that were missed completely, but... Uh, you know, you, you don't want to dwell on that and complain about it in a game where they scored six goals, right? Uh, so I'm not going to do that. But in fact, I'm going to do the opposite, which is I'm going to say I was impressed by the way that they were attacking, especially when you compare it to those previous five games where really most of their shooting was coming from the point. In this game, they, they like I said, they made a point of trying to get to the middle of the ice and get to those high danger areas, right? It was excellent. Player of the game. I haven't done that in a while, right? Haven't had a reason to give a player the game uh, in a while, and uh, I think it's pretty obvious who that one's going to go to. It's going to be Mathieu Perrault. Um, they threw together a, a third line there. They put him with Cole Caulfield, actually, which, like, um, you know, seemed weird, and myself and a lot of other people were thinking that line's going to get destroyed, and they did not. They absolutely did the complete opposite. They destroyed the, the Red Wings, and Perrault was a big part of that, you know? He was the guy in the middle of the ice that they were looking for. You know, he was really uh, getting into the slot, uh, doing a lot of damage. I mean, fantastic game from him. I mean, what more could you ask for? Especially in front of the home crowd, uh, getting to do that. You know, he he did an interview with TVA after the game. He looked like he was on the verge of tears. Like, I was so happy for that guy. You know, as much as I dump and I I make fun of TVA a lot uh, for their, like, over, over, over obsession uh, with the fact that he's Quebecois, um, you know, I, I understand what what that would mean to somebody like him, and uh, he looked like he legitimately had one of the best nights of his life. So good for him, and I hope there's more of that to come. Uh, Jonathan Drouin also, I mean, I'm, I'm not giving him player of the game. I'm already giving that to Perrault, but he, uh, another Quebecois, and he played fantastic, had two assists on the night. Uh, you know, he's distributing the puck. He's really looking for those cross-ice passes. He's one of the few guys in the first five games that was looking for them, uh, and he hit him. A few times on the night, uh, and most notably the one to Ben Sherratt uh, for the first goal on the night for the Habs. Uh, they need to do more of that, right? Obviously, when you get those cross-ice passes uh, going across the seam, getting the goaltender moving side to side, it generates a lot more offense for you. It generates a lot more high-quality scoring chances anyways. Um, and, you know, proof's in the pudding, right? They did a lot of that against the Red Wings, and they scored six times. So do more of that, Right. Uh, who else do I want to talk about? Sammy Niku. Sammy Niku. Um, he played fantastic, making his debut. You know, he got hurt during the preseason and uh, hasn't really been available for them. He got two assists on the night, uh, and he looked great. That guy needs to stay in the lineup. That guy needs to stay in the lineup. I was looking at him specifically 
in our own zone, right? I've been talking about the breakout in pretty much every single episode of this podcast. The breakout is always too focused on those stretch passes, on those flips, on those bangs off the glass. He was one guy that I was looking at him, and he's legitimately making an effort to make actual breakout passes. He's looking for outlets. He's looking for somewhere that he can put the puck where it goes directly onto the stick of a teammate. Now, I know that sounds like an oversimplified version of what you want to do, but it is what you want to do, right? You, you, you want to not throw it up in the air and hope somebody chases it down and he was actually looking to do that uh, and to the tune of two assists uh, looks like he could really help out on the power play as well so keep him in the lineup keep him in the lineup absolutely Uh, and Jake Allen had a great game as well Jake Allen played great Um, you know the Red Wings had their fair share of shots I think they actually outshot the Habs overall because the Habs missed the net so many times Uh, but Jake Allen made a number of really good saves and last but not least, uh, Mike Hoffman on the power play with that goal. Wow, what a shot. He can really shoot it. And I was waiting for something like that to happen on the power play. And again, if you've listened to the previous episodes, I've complained a lot about point shots on the power play. I'm not going to complain if they're coming from a guy like Mike Hoffman and when he's walking down on top of that when he's not he's not trying to take a super long shot he's walking down and getting to near near the top of the circles before he lets it go uh, he has the kind of shot that can beat goaltenders from there so you know kudos to him maybe a little bit more of that power play overall was moving the puck a lot better and uh, if they can look to find those those types of shots but also continue uh, what they were doing during most of their power plays during that game against uh, the Red Wings and try to get to the middle of the ice try to get to the slot which they did try to do several times. I'm fine with a guy like Hoffman stepping down and taking a few shots from up there if he feels it. Uh, Great game. Absolutely great game. Nothing for me to rant about, as I have for the previous two games. However, next up, the Montreal Canadiens are going to be playing for the first time against the Seattle Kraken in Seattle next Tuesday, the 26th of October. And I happened to have heard today that the Seattle Kraken are going to be raising a Stanley Cup banner, which was won by a different team that happened to play in Seattle many, many, many years ago, completely unrelated to the existing franchise. So you can bet that old Drizzy is going to have a rant about that because I got some thoughts, but I want to see it happen before I rant about it. So I'm going to save you guys from that for today. Uh, that's it for the episode. We're running uh, pretty close to 15 minutes again. So, grosse soirée pour les employés de soutien. Thanks for listening. We're on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Play. I'm on Twitter, at DrakeMT. Drop me a follow. I'd appreciate it. As always, à la prochaine.